0: It's the weekend. We made it, my friends. Welcome to the weekend. Welcome to Rock of Nations with Dave Kinchin on Easter weekend. We hope you are uh, celebrating uh, this Easter holiday. If you do, celebrating it with friends and family, uh, someplace safe and warm and and dry, uh, and away from the big storms and the rain coming down across the East Coast, including where we are right now. We got some. I mean, yikes! It's it's uh, getting nasty out there. But that's not going to stop uh, people from going out and having a good time. Just do it safely, of course. Uh, so the weekend show, um, and uh, we're talking about an interesting interview Jakey e. Lee gave, where he said that he uh, was approached by uh, Nikki Six and by uh tommy lee to replace mick mars in motley Crue way back when i don't know if this was something that's been widely known it's the first time i've heard about it so maybe it's the first time you've heard about it too um there's been a somewhat well-known rift between uh jake lee and mick mars over the years and and this is probably a big reason why for that we'll get into that in the main segment um Uh, as well, but first, some music news Roger Waters and Nick Mason getting together. Nick Mason was playing some uh pre Pink Floyd music, well, pre Dark Side Pink Floyd music uh, in New York. He has a band uh that plays uh, stuff uh, from you know before Dark Side, and Roger Waters came out and they played uh, uh set the controls for the Heart of the Sun uh and some other uh stuff in there I think too first time that they ever played together since 2011 uh, and uh, of course it was Nick Mason, David Gilmore, and Roger Waters uh, this blabbermouth piece says um, uh, back in 2011 when they did uh, some stuff from The Wall so that's a pretty cool thing uh, also David Ellefson uh, of uh, Megadeth is working on, well set to release another book My, it's, it's called More Life With Death which is a follow up to his book my life with death uh this book uh will get a little bit deeper into uh the later years of his life and well not his life but uh, he's still young and vibrant of course and out there but uh, the later years of his career which likely would include his time outside of uh, megadeth when that whole breakup thing happened and the lawsuit with dave mustaine and then um you know, meeting. I met these guys a couple of years ago together, Mustaine and Ellefson, and these guys could not get on better. I mean, at least in person, you, you couldn't even tell that anything really happened between them over the years. Um, Ellefson was working on that project F Five for some time, and before, of course, coming back to Megadeth. So that's pretty cool as well. So a little bit of rock and roll news there for you on this Easter weekend. We hope. Uh, It's going to be a fun weekend for you and uh, that you get if you're driving anywhere to be with family, if you get to crank up some tunes that you'd never get to play in the house, (laughs) you know, you know what I mean? The heavy, hard stuff, the rock and roll. um, That's what I like to do when I drive back to Michigan or whatever, play the stuff that my family would not let me play in the house. (laughs) You know, um, it's always a great way to get around town. Uh, So this is the uh, weekend edition of the show, although uh, you know, we may take uh, Easter off, but, you know, I may do it. Maybe we'll do a podcast. I don't know. We, we have so much fun on this podcast. And I'll talk about that just in a second, how thankful I am to be doing this and everything else. But um, we have so much fun on this show. Maybe we will do a, another podcast this weekend. But um, this one is the Friday show coming at you. And uh, sit tight, folks, because uh, the fun is only beginning. And we have so much of it on Rock of Nations with Dave Kinchin. Hang out. We'll get to the Jakey Lee story in a moment, but first I just wanted to get into some things Uh, Really one thing that's been on my mind uh, A moment of gratitude um, That I I just wanted to share You know um, If you listen to my other show Dave Kinchin tonight I I get into a little bit more serious stuff And and have observations about life And that sort of thing And I I, That tends to be more about Serious issues going on And um, that type of thing This is, you know There's a serious side to music, obviously, of course, but this is where we, the fans, like to come to talk, at least as listeners, I think from the feedback I've had from folks. It's a place where we as fans love to come and and talk about music and, and about one of our big passions. For me, that passion is rooted in being able to share this with you. Um, I'm having the time of my life on this podcast. I, you know, I, when, when I when I went back and relaunched the, the other show, it, it dated back to a podcast in the mid-2000s. And I said, I'd love to have a balance where you have the serious issues and the fun stuff too, the, the music. But then I said, well, you know, we should really do two separate shows. But it wasn't until I, I just, I came across the best capability to do that and, the platform where we are, where I said, you know, we've got we've got to do this. And it's been so amazing so far. I mean, just I've talked about it lately, but the the stats and the, the listeners coming in from all over the place. It's been so cool to see. I mean, I've never been to places like Australia, I want to go someday. I've never been there, never been to um You know, Russia. So many parts of the world, Um, but somehow they're listening into this podcast, or at least checking it out, and that's such a cool feeling. Um, Most of my career has been involved in um, in news and journalism, serious issue news. You know, political news, things like that. But 20 years ago, um, this year, 20 years ago, I. I did my first rock interview. I was a high school uh, junior. I was about to, actually, I was about to go into my junior year and to prepare uh, to be a reporter. Was I the entertainment reporter? I'm trying to remember. I think it was, um, I I forget. But anyway, um, I was going to be a reporter for my school paper, and I couldn't wait to join it. I was too young the first year. And I think my second year, I just had too much stuff going on. But so I went to this journalism camp. It was sponsored by uh, some big newspapers, uh, if I remember correctly. It was at Michigan State University, which I would later end up calling home for college. It was the time of my life then. I mean, I I got to learn, you know, we got to cover different issues, you know, state political issues, things like that. We were there near a state capitol. Um, but we were also there, you know, there was a, a music scene, too. At the time, just a few years before, the band The Verve Pipe, which is formed in East Lansing, where Michigan State is, um, you know, they had that big hit with the freshman. They had some other songs, Photograph, and, and um, you know, uh, just some, some good hits. So it was a surprise one day when it was revealed that Donnie Brown was going to be the guest speaker, he's the drummer from the Verve Pipe, and, and he was going to be the, the person who spoke to our group. And so I remember, and we all had a chance to ask him questions about, I can't remember what I asked him. It was something about Life on the Road, or I think. And, uh, and so we got to, you know, I, I had... A tape, I got to tape record the whole session. I had one of those little camcorder things, you know, which it's all digital now. And I got to uh, ask him a few questions about music. And it was one of the coolest experiences ever. So that was my first music interview. I apologize. I'm dealing with this pollen. And if you're an allergy sufferer like me, you know, we're we're committed to doing what we have to do for work and for fun. But, you know, you have to do it. Uh, while suffering through this, uh, these allergies. So forgive me for that. Anyway. Uh, so back in, so yeah, back then um, was the first music interview I did. I wrote about it in a paper that we worked on for the journalism camp. And and then after that, um, I would say I had some exposure to music. When I started doing journalism, it was mostly news, traditional hard news. But I got to interview people like Ted Nugent over the years, the early, really early on. That was about five years after the journalism camp. Um, And then there was the interview with uh, one of the coolest experiences was meeting Pete Best. And I, this tape is somewhere in the WNEM TV studios in Saginaw in their, their, um, storage room. I have VHS. Actually, I've got a whole box of VHS. I might even have it. I got to find it. I really need to dig that out. Um, but to interview one of the living Beatles. I mean, Pete Best was in the band from 60 to 62. And to talk with him about you know his time in the group and his love of music and how he still plays and people always ask him, well, what happened? And, you know, when he left and Ringo joined and uh, some issues, I think, with him getting too much attention from women or whatever it was, I don't know. Um, but, you know, now, as I've, in the last... Two or three years i 've been doing more music reporting and more music journalism in addition to my main reporting duties and then the podcast it 's just really come full circle and I, I just want to thank you for this opportunity for checking this out for people who will listen to this someday in the future as this podcast grows because it 's definitely growing and it 's so exciting and um, you know twenty years later from my first rock and roll interview, um, although that was a newer younger band from Michigan you know to interview legends in music the Paul Stanley's, the Sammy Hagars and and everything, and and to share some of that insight with you and talk about everything going on in music. I could not I, I could not find a more fun way uh to talk for a living, you know? Um so it, it's it's an honor and I owe that to all of you and I just want to say thank you. All right, so enough of the sentimental stuff and on to the rock and roll, right? So this Jakey Lee thing, this this is interesting to me. Uh, Jakey Lee said on the show uh, Tone Talk, where musicians talk about their guitar tone, uh, among other things, he he said that uh, that he was uh, desired in Motley Crue, that Tommy Lee and Nikki Six wanted him in Motley Crue, uh, which and then he kind of describes a, a bit of a falling out and a rather infamous uh, near scrape up he had with uh, Mick Mars, who of course was the guitar player in Motley Crue and uh, the person that uh, he, that Jakey Lee says um, Nikki and Tommy wanted uh, him to replace. I've always had questions about this, and I'm not listen. I don't know any of these guys. Haven't met any of these guys for anything. So you know, I'm not judging these people in in any way. I'm just you know, kind of like you. I'm a fan, and I look at this and I think, okay you know, what? what is sort of the goal in, in saying this? You know, uh, I remember when Billy Sheehan had said in an interview um, a few years back or so that the Van Halen uh, brothers or uh, the guys in Van Halen wanted him to replace Michael Anthony. Going back to about 1981 or so, uh, there were some problems or something with Michael Anthony. Uh, Sheehan never really specified. And this is not something that, at least that I recall in my Van Halen analogy research, um, that doesn't work as well as Kissology, does it? But in my Van Halen analogy research, I have not been able to find any reference of this or any of that. I mean, it's something I'd hate to ask Michael Anthony about, but I certainly would be curious if I had a chance to sit down with Eddie or any of these guys and just say, hey, you know, there's this little thing that I heard – was there ever anything to it, and just see what would happen. Um, but Billy Sheehan, of course, from Mr. Biggs, said that, you know, he wasn't really comfortable with that. Words to the effect of, you know, because he, he's a big fan of Michael Anthony and he's a, huge, he's a huge Van Halen guy. He says he loves Michael Anthony's playing and, and you know, was appreciative of, of everything that Michael Anthony did, especially background vocals. This, again, this is from recollection what I recall from this interview, but... Um, so Billy Sheehan, being a Van Halen guy, and and being asked, or somehow he says, uh, asked to, to join Van Halen, um, is kind of a weird. It's a weird thing when these things happen, um, especially if you're a fan of that band. Now, Jake Lee says on Tone Talk, uh, he said, "Quote: I quit Rat." I had nothing going on. I was going to Motley Crue's effing gigs. Nikki and Tommy wanted me in the band. They actually wanted me to replace Mick, which you can understand that Uh, I was effing better looking and effing better playing. They wanted me to replace Mick, Mick's in law or. Whatever was funding the band, so that didn't happen. And there was uh, talk maybe of having two guitar players, um, which even then I'm like Motley Crue two guitar players. I don't know about that. So, I mean, that'd be kind of wild, Motley Crue with two guitar players. That would thicken the sound, make it a lot meatier. Um, but I, you know, but that's that's like imagining the police with like five band members or something like that. It's so. It's just something that's so out there, it's really hard to, it's kind of hard to fathom that, especially with the hit songs that were out there, so he says, you know, he was a better player, and and so on and so forth, he kind of, he he digs in a little more in this interview, and then he pulls back a bit, and I, I saw this, and I thought it's appropriate to talk about this with the dirt, you know, with the movie out there, and um, and the dirt kind of deals with uh, a little bit of this this kind of uh, issue, is what I've heard. Again, I, ha- I still haven't had a chance to see that movie. Um, <laughs> you know, full disclosure, I I will at some point. I'm not the biggest crew fan. I like them. I'm not the so it's not. I mean, it wasn't like Bohemian Rhapsody, where I'm a much bigger Queen fan, or any documentary on Kiss or something. I'd have to see that. Like I'd be the first one at the theater. You know, even though this was on TV, um, I promise you, I will get to that. But. So you can always tweet at me at Dave Kinchin USA with a little more about what you thought about this apparently going down how it was represented in the movie. So, of course, Jakey Lee goes on to play with Ozzy Osbourne and uh, around 84 or so uh, Motley Crue opens for Ozzy. And uh, in this uh, piece from uh, Tone Talk, uh, which we, we also uh, see referenced on other websites, um he he talks about um jakey e. lee talks about a dust-up between him and mick uh once uh they were on tour together uh he says that um he was meeting with tommy lee he says uh we go back to the room and mick's in his pajamas and he's very upset with us it was rat too i remember robin crosby was there Stephen Piercy was there uh, mick being the old man as everybody joked about Uh, He made a complaint. I'm not sure what he said. Um, I just, I think, just called him, I think just called him the old man and told him to shut up. And he looked over at me and said, at least I'm not a slant eyes. Okay. As a statement, a slur about Japanese people and and eyes. I don't even want to read the whole thing. Um, And uh, he said, That's what he says Mick said to him. And uh, Jakey Lee says, I did not like that, did not like that. I hadn't heard it actually since I was in grade school. The whole, um, well, I guess I'll say it. He says the whole slanted eye Japanese thing. And it pissed me off. I walked over and I was going to beat the F out of him. And it was Robin Crosby who was 6'5". He came up to me, picked me up and said, come on, man, none of that matters. And carried him out of the room. So a big uh, situation there that could have been even, even I mean, could have really come to blows and could have been a huge thing. So, I, you know, and again, I, I was reading a quote, so I want to just be clear about that. You know, I'm, I'm very sensitive. I try to be very sensitive to things like that when, you know, people talk about you know marks that are inappropriate that deal with you know epithets or whatever but that was a direct quote that he was saying and, and he was speaking of it in the context of how it, it it really uh pissed him off and so you know things could have uh been really you know there, there was a rift between them for a long time but then he says that he and mick made up after that um He says that he doesn't think that Mick Mars was a racist, just that he wanted to attack him because he was younger, better looking and a better guitarist. But then he he says that, uh, you know, uh, Mick uh, has a great tone and a good rhythm. He probably uh, he's probably what they needed to bring. Uh, They would have been big with me when he when he was asked on this show about uh, whether when Jake Lee was asked what it would have been like if he was in Motley Crue. But he says, no, Mick was right for them. uh, But he says, musically, they might have been better. So he kind of walks it back a little bit and praises Mick Mars and everything. But I'm just always curious when bands do that. I'm always curious when bands kind of or artists, talk about, you know, so-and-so wanted me in their band or so-and-so wanted me. You know, Sammy Hagar did that. Sammy had said that uh, he was approached early on uh, before Van Halen got big with Roth. He was approached... Uh, by certain managers to replace David Lee Roth early on in Van Halen. Well, you can imagine how that would make the Van Halen uh, fans, in particular the Roth people, how irate it might make them, you know. It would certainly set things off a bit. And certainly David Lee Roth would probably have some things to say about that, although I don't know that he ever replied or responded to that. Um you know, Roth would probably say something like he said in the past, this hamburger don't need no helper. <laughs> it's always a fun quote. So it's I mean, you you always wonder about that. There was um I think it was on the KISS Cruise Paul Stanley shot down this rumor that uh, Eddie Van Halen wanted to join Kiss around the recording of um what came to be creatures of the night. Gene Simmons has always said that Eddie Van Halen inquired about joining Kiss and that Gene Simmons told Eddie Van Halen to stay in Van Halen. He was having problems with David Lee Roth. Paul Stanley says he doesn't recall that, or uh, actually really shot that whole thing down. Said that Eddie Van Halen came into the studio, listened to a guy play guitar who turned out to be, I think, Steve Ferris. He played a track and he said, Oh, that guy's really good. You should get him. So Eddie Van Halen was listening to some stuff, listening to some material. Uh, Paul Stanley said in the studio at the time during the Creatures sessions but was not as far as he knew um, involved with any discussion for Eddie Van Halen to join KISS as far as he knew that, that wasn't a thing so you know people say this kind of stuff and it just as it, it, fans it makes you wonder what would have happened if so and so did join this group or so heck what would have happened if Tony Iommi stayed in Jeff Rotel for longer than three weeks that's, that's what I want to know a heavy, deep guitar tuned down with a flute. Hmm, that makes you wonder. Uh, but again, I don't know. I don't think Jakey Lee meant anything. Listen, all these guys have had their own tremendous success. And I think the cool thing about bands that have been successful is hopefully, you know, any rivalries that existed back in the day when things were still kind of raw and, and everybody was still trying to make something of themselves, hopefully, all of that can, you know, calms down after people find success. You know, it's it's great to see Dave Mustaine on decent terms with the guys in Metallica. I and mean, they'd done some big four shows, and and um, you know, I mean, we all remember some kind of monster and the, the sort of bloodletting there of what was going on, and at least the therapy session. Probably bloodletting is a, too extreme of a term, but um, but things were tense for a long time between those camps. And you know, so maybe as bands become more successful over time, and they both achieve some kind of legendary status or rival artists. maybe that makes things better, but then again, in the Roth-Hagar thing, maybe not, because I'll tell you one thing, uh, that's a debate that never, I I don't think, will that debate ever end? That's a debate that I don't think will ever end, you know, the Roth-Hagar thing, But, um, but Sammy did say, at least on Howard Stern, he likes David Lee Roth, he finds him entertaining, he says Roth doesn't like him. Well, I haven't heard from Roth for a response on that, but as always, we should stay tuned. I always wondered what would happen if Vince Neil joined Rat. You ever wonder about that? You ever? <laughs> no, neither did I until just now. It just popped into my head. Anyway, we can—that's a game you can play for hours. You know, what if so-and-so joined this band or what if this person joined that band? Anyway, uh, listen, hope you have a great Easter weekend uh, if you celebrate it, uh, I would like to say that we'll be off for the weekend. But knowing me, I'll probably sneak in another podcast uh, on the rock and roll show because we just have so much fun on this program. And there's so much there's always so much, so much to talk about. So we uh, love you for tuning in and joining us. And thank you so much for helping this podcast continue to grow. Uh, we hope you again have a great holiday weekend um, and uh, be safe. Celebrate, but be safe. Send love to everybody and your family and beyond. this is Rock of Nations with Dave Kinchen. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. I know it 's only rock and roll, but I need it, and so do you and uh, so we 'll keep on doing it because that 's the only thing we know how to do. Well that and many other things. Keep on rocking, my friends.